Hello everybody, my name is Safi and welcome to Overcoming the Diet Mindset Podcast. I am seven years post-op and a training psychotherapist. On this podcast, my aim is to vanish crappy, fad dieting and unhelpful thinking, to reclaim our mindset with a little rewiring so we can stop yo-yo dieting and get off the roller coaster for once and for all. So for my first podcast, I want to review a book that I've been reading, which I believe will be beneficial regardless of what stage of your journey you may be at. Take what works for you and don't worry about the rest. I've been trying not to just consume information passively, but to put it all into practice. I shall share how that is working out for me after part two of this review. The book is called GPS for Bariatric Success. A holistic guide to transforming your mindset, achieving sustainable weight loss and maximising your well-being. The author is a doctor who's worked with bariatric patients for over a decade and the book is from her experience, first-hand experience of working um, with patients who lose tremendous amounts of weight and then the downsides of the regains. The first interesting point that she makes is that if there are two people who weigh exactly the same, let's say 100, and, let's say 100 pounds, However, one of them used to weigh 250 pounds. Oh, I said 100 pounds then, right? No, let's say if they both weighed 150 pounds. Because 100 pounds would be a really sick person. But anyway, so one was 250 pounds and lost 100 pounds. That person who lost weight will have to eat less and burn more than the other person to maintain that weight. Which I think is a sobering fact that after being overweight, your body has adjusted and will fight to remain overweight. If you've never come across body set point, have a have a quick look on Google. It will give you a good explanation about the science behind um, why we regain weight. And if you're anything like me and have done several diets, you know, you, you lose a bit and um, the weight comes back double usually. And I think that's a really good um, insight to have that actually is not about anything that you've done or uh, is not a failing on your behalf or a character uh, flaw that you just can't keep weight off. There's biology also at play. The author also points out that there's only 20% of people who keep the weight off long term, um, regardless of the tools that they that they use to lose the weight. So whether it's Slimming World, Weight Watchers, um, Jenny Craig, Keto, name it, it doesn't matter. And that's also includes um, bariatric surgery. So that really explains a lot about the fact that people lose weight and then... Um, it's just biologically we are rewired to want to gain the weight back. She goes on to explain that keeping off the weight will require one to swim against the norm and fight years of misinformation from the diet industry. So there is some hope. The doctor highlights four steps to follow which will lead to long-lasting success. Hooray, there is hope. So number one is rewiring your brain. 
identifying your why, visualization, mindfulness and breath work. So let's recap that. Number one is rewiring your brain. Number two is identifying your why. Number three is visualization. Number four is mindfulness and breath work. Let's face it, if you're anything like me, you'll be thinking, what a load of airy-fairy, beep, beep, beep. And that's putting it politely. For example, when I was at my highest weight, the struggle to search for a diet that worked, if somebody came to me and said to me, you need to just visualize the body you want and do some breath work, I would have never believed it. Because at that point, I needed somebody to give me something solid, a formula, a magic plan, a pill, a potion, anything. But, you know, but somebody saying to me that um, the power is within. However, I now have brain capacity and knowledge to know the power of our brain and how everything interconnected and nothing happens in isolation. Therefore, changing my thoughts would have impacted on my feelings, which would have led to less emotional eating and self-sabotage. And another point that she makes is that everything is a habit. Everything we do is habitual. I can never pronounce that word, so bear with. Every decision we make is led by them every every action we take is led by habit and every so for example every time you've gone to the supermarket it's likely that you walk down the same aisle in the same direction you buy the same food um you automatically get out of bed you brush your teeth automatically our route to work um for example sometime i find myself um I went to pick up my my children after school and um, the, uh, my daughter's school is a lot more strict with pick-up time. So I wanted to go to her school and then pick up my son from nursery afterwards. Somehow I found myself standing outside my son's school. So I don't know what happened. I don't know when I decided to take that turn. That was all led by my subconscious and that's where... 90% of our life, I don't know if it's 90%, but a quite a huge portion of our life is um, run by. And it's helpful because imagine every day we had to relearn how to walk. That would be exhausting. She explains that there's also some not so helpful automatic habits and thoughts, which will, which we have developed, which are as powerful. Every action triggers an emotion so, for example, when you weigh yourself in the morning and you see that you see the wrong number or the scale hasn't moved, it usually leads to unhelpful thinking. In my case, freaking out and then eating everything I can find because obviously that diet didn't work. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, automatic thoughts such as I will never lose weight. I am useless. Um, if you've been a yo-yo dieter, this is definitely something that's not um new to you um so is the whole uh, i will start again on monday your brain has been wired and uh, reinforced with these thoughts and these feelings and they are deep rooted the author likes this likens this to the neural pathways in our brain that they are they are the vast network of interconnected highway 
recognizing your thoughts and reframing them is vital. Otherwise, we fall back into old, unhelpful thoughts. And, and then that leads to regain and redirecting our thoughts, developing supportive um, inner, inner conversation, which would be something to mitigate against the risk of regain. I so if I if I think about Safi before um, 2014, what advice? Because I definitely lived um, a large amount of my life in that part of the brain, the P cortex, um, where you you know it's there to protect you because it thinks that there is a lion coming to get you. Um, and you're on high alert. And I spent a long, long time being in that part of my brain. So feeling overwhelmed and constantly wanting an answer and going around in circles, being um, in chronic stress, in overwhelm. And I am, you know, when I really think about what that Safi was experiencing, I have a lot of compassion towards her. And I'm grateful for the fact that she didn't give up, but it must have been, it was exhausting um, being that Safi. So the advice I would give, and this would land very differently, you know, depending on where you are in your in, on your journey, whether you are somebody who's lost a lot of weight and just wants to maintain, or you're somebody currently struggling with regains. Just bear with me. I think what would have really helped me, what I would have needed to hear was, okay, I probably would have not taken that advice, but just to get a piece of paper and dump everything in my brain on that piece of paper, vomit it out, brain dump it, because that would have given me the, the capacity to think. That would have given me um, the brain, the power, the brain power to even make the slightest of choices which were really difficult and then led to hours of um, hours of delib- deliberating whether I would have a healthy lunch or I would, um, you know, just not eat and then that would lead to my 2pm binges. Move to something that we want. Research finds that, research has found that we... Um, are more motivated about losing something that's um, precious to us rather than gaining something that's extra. So, for example, the idea of losing your health, the idea of not being around your children um, or not being able to do something that you really enjoy, that, that is a stronger why than, for example, just wanting to have a nice, you know, a nice outfit or... Um, fit into that pair of jeans and to be fair the author does say it doesn't matter every individual is different so um fitting into a particular jeans may be something that's really compelling really important to you but usually it's about losing something so the idea of having to go back to size 18 jeans may be your strong why for me, um, it's about being able to stay healthy and around for as long as possible for my children. My mother also died because of comorbidities at a young age 
and I don't want my children to experience that. So that is my my why. So whatever your why is, think about it, write it down, and then bring it to the forefront of your of your mind. The next point is visualization. So visualization, um, it's been proven to be really effective, not just in in behavioural change around weight loss, but also business. So if you want something, I guess what the law of traction is around that, isn't it? If you want something, you visualise it, then it will come true. I think you have to take action towards it also. So for example, in regards to this, if she said the doctor suggests that we um, spend a month possibly thinking about what do we look like? So what what haircut would we have? What clothes would we wear? How would it feel? Where would we go wearing these things? What would we be able to do? So for example, I guess visualising yourself being able to um, do your shoelaces if that's something you haven't been able to. Visualise yourself on holiday. And um, so for example, for me, I'm sorry if this creates a not very nice visual um, thought in your head, but I used to really struggle with chafing. And on holiday, I would take a pair of tights along with me and I would cut them. And as you can imagine, it was really, really hot. And I would have to wear these tights under my dresses or under my um, shorts. But it was something that I really worried about a lot. And then I figured out, and I know now there's actually probably science has moved on so much. I'm sure there's some amazing things. But if you get really strong deodorant and you put it between your thighs, it's amazing. Anyway, so that's a that's a tip. Um, so that really changed my life. But so visualize, you know, for example, if I'm visualizing being able to wear what I want um, and, and know that I can walk for a long time or for um an extended period of time and not get chafing. That's a strong visual um, visualization. That's a strong driver for me to, you know, to really connect with um, as the person that I want to become and the person I want to remain as. So visualization, I think also another thing that we do in coaching is you can use vision boards, um, whether you get the magazine and you cut them out and you're, um, I guess you can cut out visions of who you want to be and the things you want to do and the things you want to have. Um, and Or you could also do it online as well. So just make those emotional connections, let your brain um, know that's what you want because that's what it's going to work towards. Uh, if you're somebody like me who can't visualise, I actually can't visualise, but I, I can feel... Um, so just that feeling and what would I feel like for another example for me would be every time I go to a a, a shopping center and I'm in a changing room that had haunted me for years to the extent that I didn't I hated shopping because of changing rooms the lights are so harsh it's horrible whoever designed it has a first-class ticket to hell. I'm only joking. But anyway, I'm sure he was a man. <laughs> um, so visualising all those things, not the negative things because the brain, if you visualise it, it doesn't know whether it's something you want or don't want. So 
visualize all the things that that you want and do um yeah write it out look at it every day and then that will you know that will recreate that um that vi- that vision that your body will know that's what that's what we're working towards you're giving your brain those cues to work uh, to work towards those goals so that's visualization now i'm just muffling along um the next one is mindfulness and breath work so with mindfulness um for a long time i just thought meditation was something that people do who had too much time on their hands and um yeah i really didn't believe the value in it i didn't think it was going to be beneficial but now I I I see it. I feel it. I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not somebody who does it consistently. I would love to do it, um, commit to it more and do it more. But I think it's really, it's really, it's really supported me in calming my nervous system. So the calming that overwhelming anxiety, just being more present and being able to make more rational decisions rather than be be somebody who's led by um but you know by whatever feeling so usually I'm just it was a dog I was just being led on a lead by my emotions and I was bouncing about you know whatever direction regardless you know whether I had a phone call with my boss and then that would lead me that way or I would have a nice conversation with my let's just say my sister and that would so that would direct how I felt and how I reacted and then ultimately if I ended up eating emotional eating um so um going back to mindfulness I don't I'm a very busy mom of two I don't have very much time but the way I try to do it is at the end of the night or when I'm doing bedtime and they've fallen asleep I just lay next to them and put my earphones in there's an array of videos on YouTube around different types. So you can do it for whether your anxiety, whatever. There's a huge, um, there's a huge catalogue of, of, of videos. So I try to do that, even if it's for a minute, just to realise what is going on with my body, drop into my body. Um, and I, I'm finding it really helpful. But, you know, this is... I haven't been doing it for long enough to have that, to know for a fact that it's it's, my, uh, it's the meditation that's helping me. Breath work has also been something else that I've been utilising. As somebody who's struggled with anxiety and panic attacks, I I, I use it quite often. Um, there's a there's a really good one by Win Hoff. I can never pronounce his name. I'm sorry if you ever listen to this podcast. But uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, um, it, it requires a lot of that one. You would have to be by yourself because there's a lot of deep breathing and a lot of uh, spit at times. But it's really good and it really calms your nervous system. There is a name for it, and actually I'll put it on the show notes. Um, it slips my mind, but that is really 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 helpful. And I really invite you to give that a go if you're you're feeling overwhelmed. So yeah, so that is your your three main things that you could do to rewire and that's what she says um so if 
if you give those three a go and I let's face it, nothing happens overnight. And if you're somebody like me who's used to lose six stones in three weeks or, you know, those magazines that I don't want to age myself. But if you're somebody who bought a magazine and it hoped to do a diet to drop uh, for, you know, a stone in four weeks and a stone in four weeks is quite reasonable. Well, it's not reasonable, but it's not as extreme as I've seen before or I've fallen for. Um, yeah, so try to do those things. They're going to feel clumsy and it's going to feel unnatural. It's going to feel a bit, um, a, a bit possibly woo-woo-y. That's, that's a new word that I've learned. Um, but just give that a, a go. And some people sometimes also go for a walk and use that time to not have anything. In, for example, I used to love always having something in my ear. So whether it's a podcast, music, but now I try to take, uh, you know, at least half of the walk just with just my thoughts and watch them come and go, come and go, see what, you know, see if there's a pattern and then just getting to know myself. So I think that'd be really helpful. Rewiring the brain isn't going to be easy, but it can be done with the hard work and consistency. Find your deep held why. And I think that will go some way into um, combating those struggles that we've been used to. Um so, yep, so I think that's enough for this podcast. I hope you found it um, helpful. Please connect with me on Instagram at Gastric Mindset. And I would just like to make a, disclo- a disclaimer um, that this is not in replacement of therapy. I'm not a, I'm not a fully qualified therapist. This is just about um, psychoeducational material that I hope will be helpful for somebody um, I definitely think if you can access psychology, uh, a therapist, please do. I know it's difficult, especially in this day and age. But if you're in England or Scotland or the UK, you can always go to your GP and have um, some talking therapy. We're all entitled to it and I recommend it. Um, yep, so that's my disclaimer. I hope this was helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope to see you next week. Take care. I appreciate you for being here with me. I hope you got some value from this episode. If so, please give me a review. It will make me super happy and support others from our community to find the podcast. Share it with your Barry Bestie. Connect with me on Instagram at Gastric Mindset. It will be wonderful to hear from you.